Hello and welcome to the Rogue Ministry Podcast. This is Justin Barringer, the Rogue Minister, and I'm here with my co-host. This is Rachel, the creator of Speech Strong Resources. And together we are co-founders of Diapers Etc. And of course, host of the Rogue Ministry Podcast, creating and sustaining faithful ministries. Welcome to another episode of the Rogue Ministry Podcast. We first want to start off by just apologizing for missing an episode last time around. We blame it, of course, on COVID-19. But anyway, this is Justin, the Rogue Minister, and I'm here this time with actually my co-host. Say hi, Rachel. Hello. I'm here. I'm back. She's back. Had to do a few interviews without her as... uh, She's had to take care of some other things, uh, thing number one and thing number two, uh, known as our kids. But uh, I guess what we're going to do this time is a little bit different than uh, perhaps what we've done in some other episodes so far, because so far we've been interviewing other people. But uh, tonight we decided, or this, this episode, we decided to talk a little bit about our ministry and specifically what we've been doing in this time of quarantine and lockdown and social distancing. So Rachel's going to give you a little bit of the background of how we started doing our drive-through diaper distribution. Yeah, so um, yeah, things were really different this time around, obviously. Last month, we ended up canceling our uh, uh, diaper bank altogether, and so we had a couple of months to think about, you know, how we're going to make this work uh, with 200 families and um, not being able to congregate in the building and that kind of thing. So um, there was there was some, you know, quite a bit of of prep, but um, hopefully some of this will give you some ideas on how you might need to prep if you're doing anything like this or um, have any plans to, to do something. So, um, one thing we had to think about was we had to figure out how we were going to get all our diapers packaged. So typically on Friday nights, we have, um, a group of people that come in, it's for about two hours and we get everything set up. We count out all of our diapers. There's 25 diapers to a bag. Um, and we probably, I don't know, how many people do you think we have, Justin, like... Anywhere from 10 to 20, it it varies, but, yeah, it's an average of 15. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, but, you know, it's enough. We get done usually in about two hours. Justin and I occasionally might stay a little bit longer, but usually it's pretty efficient, I think. So, now, on this side of things, we had to figure out how to get... Um, these pallets of diapers package because most of our volunteers are over 60. Well, probably over 70, right? Yeah, most <laughs> yeah. of them. So we really did not want them to come because we wanted them to be safe and healthy. And so we really had to think about how were we going to get all these diapers packaged. And actually, we had, I think we had double the order this time around. We did. We'd asked for more in anticipation of... The fact that we'd missed a month and that people were probably going to be coming due to the the other shortages because of the virus. Right, right. So we had double the amount of diapers we had to package and 
nobody to package them <laughs> except for be, Justin and I, I think. It might be worth mentioning how many diapers approximately that is because we usually give out about 20,000. Yeah. So we're looking at about 40,000 diapers plus yeah. wipes, rash creams, that kind of thing needed to be packaged. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, it was a little daunting. Um, so this is a good place to kind of share about what didn't work in this situation, I think, um, that I think we might try to do better this time is initially I believe we sent out a Google form for people to sign up. And it had quite a few directions, and I think we had zero people sign up. Isn't that right? We had one person. <laughs> we had one person. One person sign up. sign up on the Google Docs yeah. form. Yeah. That might work for your your group, but uh, it did not work for ours. Yeah, yeah. I ended up spending several hours over a couple weeks going and getting everything organized and set up and packaged. And um, we had another couple come over. And they did a really great job. They got quite a bit done, actually. Um, and I think there was one other young lady that came in and helped with us. So, and one of our ministers. And then I also spent a little bit of time over there. Yeah. So we kind of piecemealed it together a little bit. But, I mean, I think we were packaging right up till like, the day before mm-hmm. to get it all taken care of. The Google Docs just for us personally, didn't really work. And so, Justin, I think you had mentioned that we would consider asking people personally. Yeah, this time I've already posted it on Facebook, and I've gotten already one response, and I did that just tonight. And then second, we're going to do personal invitations, just send messages and phone, good old-fashioned phone calls and emails to friends and and other members of our congregation to come help out Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think that's probably also just a little more meaningful too because I think I think people do want to help but I think having someone actually personally reach out I think people are more likely to come out and 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 help hopefully this month we we already have some people to help us out and get things packaged packaged a little quicker or at least so that Justin and I don't have to spend hours up there packaging a lot of diapers. The other thing that I did to prep beforehand is the signage. There's always the signage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like since we've started this on day one, there's always the signs that have to be made. And, and we also need to make them in English and Spanish to accommodate, you know, all of our, our different um, – people that come through so that takes some time and so one thing that is real really important I think when making this these signs are um, they are short and to the point and they have pictures and the reason that I do that uh, in that way is I think I, I kind of gather that information from um, just what I do as a speech therapist when, when I'm thinking about how I'm providing directions to my students or providing information or materials or stories there's there's it's important and there's something to be said about less language and more visual supports because sometimes it's just so easy whether whether you have good language skills or not to just get lost in something that has a lot of language and so um, we created signs to talk about um, our expectations for our guests uh, things like stay in your car, open your trunk, 
uh, keep your window rolled rolled up. And then there were some pictures that went along with that. So that was really important to have. And um, something that we had to post, again, in both languages and in in quite a few places around um, the parking lot because we wanted it to be something that was very visible that they would see more than, than one time. Another particular, I guess, sign that I had to create was for our volunteers because we wanted them to be able to safely communicate the question to our to our guests which was how many or what size diapers do you need I created something really short for them um, so that they could easily just point um, to the pictures saying you know what size diapers do you need and they could just you know hold up fingers or mouth the numbers or whatever they needed to do so that there was less contact and it was really simple language and lots of good visual support to to make that communication a little bit easier um let's see what other prep did we do well can i say something on the visual supports yes so this this began to make sense to me years ago um rachel's been doing this for her whole career but it made sense for me years ago when I was cooking every Monday night for a group of about 100 people, most of whom uh, did not have homes um, or were in precarious housing, and they would come for a hot meal. And at first I would tell volunteers, put a scoop of mashed potatoes, put put a scoop of green beans, put a, uh, you know, a dollop of this, whatever, and I would explain to them, and then plates would go out, and they would just be completely all different, lots of different amounts, and so we couldn't account for how much was going on there and finally it clicked probably because of a conversation with Rachel it clicked in my head that I made a plate of exactly what I expected so I had the exact amount of mashed potatoes the exact amount of green beans the the piece of chicken and and whatever else went on the plate and that one example plate all they had to do was look at it and immediately they could do that without having to have lots of instructions and so this whole format is something that uh, has been clicking for me and it makes so much more sense um, after like I said after seeing Rachel doing this for years um, now that I've seen it in action there but also seen it in action just this past um, diaper distribution when people got it real quick people weren't asking very many questions it was all pretty pretty clear they drove they drove right up and knew what to do the other thing you had to do was you had to prepare for our volunteers who were coming to package diapers. And you had lots of instructions yeah. and examples and stuff. So could you say? Yeah. Yeah. So this is still work in progress also because I do have, there are lots of directions that go with the packaging of the diapers. So I mentioned earlier, you you know, we put 25 diapers in a bag. And so that seems simple enough, but then there's so many exceptions, like don't package the the size ones or the pull-ups come in these certain amount of this number of packages. So you don't really need to count these out. And so there's all these little exceptions. And so I'm hoping to do something that looks a little bit better, but for now um, I've created these instructions. Just, they're just pasted to the back of the door uh, or, or taped to the back of the door in the room where we actually do the packaging of the diapers. Um, and instead of writing this really long list, I have lots of it, different pieces of paper. So it just makes it really easier to read if you're reading 
smaller bits of information on and on each piece of paper i'd like to i'd like to make it look a little nicer and add you know like we mentioned visual supports and that kind of thing to make it even more clear but in the meantime i i try to keep those directions pretty pretty simple and and also you know when i say that i don't mean to share that the other people receiving directions from us are incapable of understanding those kind of things because I think presenting um, directions and verbal information is not just for them but it's for me too to keep me from um, rambling or not being clear that seems perfectly clear in my head but maybe doesn't come across clear so I think it goes both ways and I think also for our guests you know a lot of them speak Spanish and we do not speak Spanish and so I think having those kind of um, directions and expectation helps us as monolingual speakers to make things clear on on both sides there so yeah and you had examples of what the finished product of package diapers looked mm -hmm. like we have Yes. couple different setups and and so each of those was modeled sitting on the end of the table mm -hmm. um of course in the middle of the table was if you have any questions here's here's justin and rachel's phone numbers <laughs> right. just in case because you know we have so many different types of volunteers so many different backgrounds you never know who's going to come in who's had experience who doesn't have experience it's just trying to cover your bases and just be clear um like Rachel said, because there's so many different kinds of people we interact with, um, both in terms of our volunteers and our guests. Yeah, and and I think, you know, even with all that preparation with how am I going to lay out the directions and, and how, I'm how am I going to create signs, I still think it was lots of learning in, in progress for sure. Like, it, you know, just because I created this sign or these directions this one time – doesn't mean it was necessarily clear you know somebody comes back and says well I don't understand this or could you say this again and so then I go back to the drawing board and say okay well what what am I missing here that I'm not communicating well um, how can I make this more clear um, if I'm not always available to to respond to a question verbally if, if that makes any sense at all so yeah so so for my portion of it it was a lot of sign making it always is a lot of sign making mm -hmm. um, packaging diapers um, making sure we had a, enough volunteers and you know the one thing about volunteers is we didn't need as many this time and that was intentional yeah because we wanted to put less people out there at risk of of coming in contact with the virus spreading mm -hmm. the virus and all of that so we went from on our typical saturday we have 20 plus volunteers and we went down to what seven or eight yeah something like so. that yeah yeah and you know a lot of our regular volunteers are over 70 or over 60 something like that so just a lot of people at risk that we didn't want to be in the area just to keep them safe and healthy um so. which meant that we had several first-time volunteers along with some of our our more seasoned volunteers who've been doing this with us for the last year or two or three however long they've been with us but we also had a couple first-time folks and we were having to figure out a new system ourselves while trying to communicate that with with some new folks on the fly yeah yeah so i think that was 
I think that was the gist of, of what I handled. And then I think, Justin, you and the other pastors handled some of the prep for the for outdoors. Yeah, so several things we did that are pretty important. Um, our property that we're using, um, Owenwood Farm and Neighbor Space, is right off of uh, a, a fairly busy road. Um, and so we were worried if people were trying to turn in and traffic was stopped up and all that, that there could be some danger there. So thankfully, and this is something worthwhile um, for church leaders anyway, is to get to know, um, and I can't believe I'm saying this as, as a self-avowed Christian anarchist, but it's worthwhile to get to know your local government people or have people in your church who know them because we knew some of the people who do um, the policing in our community. And so it was easy to call them up and say, hey, could y'all come down, direct traffic for a couple hours um, so that every everybody comes in and out safe. There's no problem. They showed up immediately. They went right to work uh, directing traffic. Um, I joked it. It was my second positive interaction with a police officer in my whole life. Um, that joke is funny because it's mostly true. Um, but anyway, I digress. Sorry. You're I love get all you. You're yourself into yes. trouble. <laughs> I love you, all, all you folks out there. Uh, but anyway, so we did that. Um, we also just made our community leaders, like our sort of unofficial community leaders, of some of the other big nonprofits and things like that made them aware that we would be doing it. Um, partly they, they spread the word a little bit since we'd missed a month. Um, and they also were just kind of aware. So if it, you know, if they saw traffic back up and all that people in the neighborhood were pretty much aware of what was going on. So we did that. And then in our parking lot, we had to figure out how it is that we could best use our, parking lot um as uh, a way to have cars kind of snake through in a line and so i got in our car and literally drove around the parking lot in probably four or five different patterns trying to figure out which one would accommodate the most cars in the best way and we finally landed on one um and so then we put out cones and caution tape in that pattern and we test drove it to make sure, you know, all the turns, you know, you, everyone can make the turn safely and all of those kind of things. And, of course, we blocked off the entryways to the parking lot the night before thinking, oh, we'll show up and people might, maybe there'll be a line of cars in the road or maybe they'll park at the elementary school next door or something like that. And, of course, the barriers that we had put up in the parking lot were knocked down. We don't know how that happened. All we know is that there was a line of cars going the wrong way from what we had set up in our um, in our minds and the, the way we'd set things up for folks to be able to come through and get their diapers. And so in the last minute we were scrambling. I went and pulled my car up to the front of the line and I felt like for those of you who are racing fans, I felt like a pace car. I pulled up in front of the line and I let everybody know, hey, follow me. And so I drove kind of around the, the track, if you will, and got us to the point where all the cars were 
facing the right direction and, and in the right spots to get everybody started. And we had a few people out in the parking lot who were also directing traffic. And we set up a few people who um, just went car to car. And this is one of the things that, that one of our pastors came up with that I thought was real clever. Rachel made them a sign and they would point it what um, size diapers they wanted. And then they just took one of those little windshield markers and wrote those sizes on the front of the windshield. So somebody could see as soon as they were pulling up to our door where we were distributing the diapers, oh, they need size four and size two. And so I could stand at the door, shout back to Rachel and one of our other volunteers, we need size four and size two. And they'd throw those in a box. Rachel would hand them to me and I'd put them in the trunk of the car. And just like that, we had it done. And we normally, we and we'll talk about this in future episodes, I'm sure, uh, we normally operate on what we call an ethic of inefficiency, meaning that we try to keep things slowed down at an intentional pace so that people can have conversations, build friendships and community. But in this instance, we realized that wasn't a possibility. So we were actually trying to be quite efficient. We had planned for it to take less than 30 seconds per car to receive their diapers. And we came in well under that. For most cars, it was taking 15 to 20 seconds. And so we were able to run about um, 200 families came through and probably about 120 cars or so. There were several uh, families who, who rode together and everything. Um, in all of that, we did in less time than it normally takes us to go through our, our regular routine. And we were packed up and headed home um, by like, 10 30 11 o'clock which is usually when we're just starting to put things away so that was important things having some community connections making sure that we were safe um checking out our space looking at different angles different ways that it could be handled um doing that prep the night before to make sure that we had um the the track set up of where folks were going um and then one of the other keys, I think, was just making sure that we kept everyone to the health standards as we understood them. So we, we had a little meeting at the beginning, everybody standing, you know, safe distance apart. And we talked about, you know, not, not getting too close to folks if they did happen to roll down their window or us in the um, inside who were handing diapers and stuff to one another that we were setting them down on a table and then somebody else was picking them up rather than getting too close for exchanges that everybody would keep their mask on at all times that we would use hand sanitizer and or gloves that all of those things were happening we 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 kept all of that um, intact because um, I don't want to put anybody on blast but uh, it happened just at a, a week or two before our diaper bank, um, I went and I sat for an hour and I watched another drive-through distribution and um, at, a, at a whole different place, not related to us or, or any organization that, that we work closely with. And they, um, they had their heads on people's windows and they're just doing a lot of things that, that 
we learn from kind of what not to do. And also, I, I, I say this, though, at the same time, in sitting there watching them for an hour, it gave us some really good ideas on how to do traffic patterns and how to keep tallies and all of these different kind of things. Because I realized that even though they had advertised their event for, I think, uh, four hours, they had run out of diapers in about an hour and a half. And so that helped us kind of realize we might need more than we usually do and things like that. So all that to say is, is if there are other people, and that's part of the reason why we're doing this podcast, if there are other people you can learn from, then take time. If, if somebody's doing something similar to you, then see if you can watch what they're doing um, and pick up the best uh, practices and, and maybe, maybe also some practices you want to avoid. So I think that's most of the stuff that we did in preparation. And for this month, um, it's pretty much going to look the same, uh, except that, like I said, we're trying to do personal invitations in terms of getting the diapers packaged so that we will be able to um, get more of that done without Rachel and I having to spend as much time over there doing it ourselves. And we are going to make sure that we block the driveway off in a much more substantial way so that when we show up um, in the morning, we won't have to do another uh, rally car, race car thing around trying to get all the cars set up in the right order. But other than that, on our end, I can't think of many things that we would do different. We had walkie-talkies just in case, but we ended up not really needing those. Uh, oh, one other thing. This is the final thing I can think of, and then I really might actually be quiet. So we had not really thought about, and this this was a big mistake on our part, we should know our community better, about the fact that there might be or that there would be multiple families in some cars. And so when we were accounting for how our um, volunteers would write the diaper numbers on the windshields, uh, we didn't give very clear instructions, um, specifically examples, of how we would prefer that be done if there were multiple families in one car. So this next time now we know, we'll have an example. Here's how you do it if there's one family. Here's how you do it if there's two families. So that way each one looks identical and we can immediately recognize it because we realized that when there were two families in some cars, we had to um, figure out what it was that we were actually supposed to be getting. Um, especially if they were asking for, um, say, four packages of the same size. It was that we were trying to clarify is, do y'all have four kids? Is this two families with two kids? You got twins? All of that kind of thing. So that was a lesson we learned um, that we'll change for next time. Rachel will help us make up some good signage with some examples on it so that it'll be real clear, easy, straightforward for every volunteer to see, and every volunteer will be able to um, follow it and do it exactly um, the same way each time, which will which will help us because we anticipate that since this past month went so well that word has gotten out and we anticipate we will be seeing um, 
probably at least 100 more families coming to visit us this month. So we're doing our best to get get that prepped, um, to see maybe 300 families give out 30,000-ish diapers and do it all in a safe, healthy manner, respecting the health guidelines that uh, experts and professionals have passed on to us. So that kind of wraps up our drive through diaper bank. We always welcome your questions, so feel free to post those. Um, send those to us on the Facebook page, however you want to do that, because we realize that we might not have answered everything. And in prepping, in prepping for this, we've been looking at how other folks have been doing things, like I mentioned. So even if it wasn't from our personal experience, we might have um, some ideas based on how we've been uh, noticing the way that different organizations have been trying to do ministry during this time. Um, if I could give a final word of encouragement, that would be just get creative, trust that the Holy Spirit will, can and will lead through this time, that you can still continue to do ministry, that you can still continue to serve, and that you can still do it in a way that is safe and that takes loving your neighbor as yourself very seriously. So keep trusting in that, and we know that you will continue to create and sustain faithful ministries. And this is Justin Berenger, the Rogue Minister, signing off with my co-host... Rachel at Speech Strong Resources. And go check out our show notes. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review and comment. You can also submit questions, reviews, and comments on our Facebook page. And as always, be faithful to that which you have been called.